You're listening to the number one podcast for Olive Branch and Eastern DeSoto County. This is OB Pod. Well, afternoon, Derek. Afternoon, Zach. Hey, brother. Uh, guys, if you didn't notice, that is not Cash. Uh, Cash has sadly been replaced for just this week, though. Uh, we brought over our brother uh, from the Under the Water Tower podcast, Derek Biglane. The brains of the operation, the minds, the muscle, whatever you want to call it, the true, true talent of Under the Water Tower. Appreciate you joining us, brother. Well, thank you for having me, Zach. You know, I, I was thinking we kind of debated about who would try to help you out this week. And I uh, asked Matt to. Matt could not because uh, he got a lot older today. Um, <laughs> his, it is his birthday today, and he's looking his age. Let's just say that. Definitely yeah. looking his age. Yes, he is. Uh, <laughs> longer hair, grayer. Yeah, he's struggling. Uh, it is what it is. You know, we want. We, we pray for him. We hope that uh, things don't get worse for him so fast, but you know, it is what it is. But again, we really appreciate you joining us. Uh, Cash is going out of town for this weekend, and uh, it's always good to have a fellow podcaster, uh, you know, like I said, a brother uh, in, the, in the game to come join us to do this show. But I think we got a great show. Uh, but Derek, like I always do with Cash, man, uh, how has your week been? I know you've been quite a busy fellow. I've been busy. Uh, you know, with Matt, you know, again, it was his birthday, so we got our show out yesterday morning. And then, but before that, uh, I've had two, three basketball games this week, one on Tuesday night, one on Friday night, and actually one uh, this morning uh, before we started taping. And so it's been a, it's been a, a, a long week. My daughter plays, she's a freshman, so she doesn't play a lot, uh, but we do have to attend the game because there is a chance that she's getting in. Absolutely. Uh, she played on Tuesday and played on Saturday, did not play Friday night, but we were still there. And so that, that's keeping us busy, of course, school and then work itself, uh, just trying to wrap up the year. Um, and yeah, and, and with the podcast, you know, we, we do two a week. Y'all do a great show. And I do want to commend you. Uh, I, and the listeners coming in here, and he's got a wonderful, wonderful, you know, uh, word thing. Everything's you know, written out in a Google Doc where I can go through it. I can look. I know what's coming up. You know, I would kill for this. Matt would look at this and literally just crumble it up and throw it away. And it's just, <laughs> he's like, yeah, I can't, whatever. And so he's just, I, I appreciate uh, the, uh, the OCD that goes into this. And um, so, yeah. Uh, but it's been a great week, and uh, I'm looking forward to finishing this up. And then I get to hang on Christmas lights tonight. It's uh, one of my favorite times of the year. I can tell the facetiousness <laughs> in your voice. I will pray for your sanity as well as your wife when you go through this process. But at least there will be a good football game on to watch. There will the be a good football game. Um, so looking forward to that. But yeah, tell me about, uh, you know, I know I'm sure everybody knows that you're an administrator. Tell me how the week's been at school and, and for you. Uh, it's been a good week. I can't complain. Uh, you know, where this is the first week of the three weeks countdown before mm-hmm. school is truly out. Oh, yeah. And so all the kids are excited. You know, it's like senioritis for everyone. You know, <laughs> it's, it's always good. Uh, it's been a good week for some sports. Uh, we've had some good stuff going on at school. We've got a play going on. It's absolutely fantastic. We had a cheer camp come out this morning. I took my daughter out to Center Hill this morning oh, for nice. a cheer camp. They had over 100 kids wow. go out there to do this. And they're going to perform this next Tuesday for the basketball game. So that's huge. Great community support. Parents everywhere. You know, uh, it's, it's it's a really good sight to see that. Plus, and today, everybody's all excited. Olive Branch is going to be having their parade today. That's right. Um, that's going on basically in about 30 minutes. We're recording here on Saturday. Saturday about 1.30, and uh, that's going to be good. The weather has turned out to actually be like middle of 60s, mm-hmm. and it's kind of overcast, and it's going to be a great turnout. 
And not only that, heck, they had a record turnout for the freaking Christmas tree lighting to the night. Uh, Olive Branch was littered with folks. It was a great turnout. I mean, it's, things are really going great. You know, this post-COVID stuff, and I call it post-COVID because <laughs> that's how people act around here, you know. Uh, you're not into the Omicron? <sighs> What is that? Like, <laughs> is that a transformer? Is that the new character? It really on the does cartoon? sound like one. It really does sound like one. <laughs> hey, you left out one thing though. I did see. I think you shared it, uh, and I watched it. The first wrestling match was this week. Is that, that is, correct? That is correct. Center Hill has joined uh, the wrestling ranks. We had our first. We actually hosted a meet. Uh, we were lucky enough to hire a coach recently, uh, Coach Miller, who has some wrestling experience. And we put a team together, and they've done pretty darn well, considering it's kind of their first rodeo. And uh, it's exciting because, awesome. you know, Mississippi has always been a state where they gave up wrestling for powerlifting, right. and which followed the guidelines of Georgia and Alabama and Florida. And um, But every state, other state, has a wrestling program, and a lot of your private schools have wrestling. Um, and so, like anything, uh, our school felt like there uh, there was kids that asked to you know try something new and we're trying to do something for them, and voila, the wrestling team was born, and we got some mats donated, great community support, mm-hmm. and there you go, and the, it's off the, off and running. That's awesome. I know Memphis. I know Christian Brothers has a really good program in Memphis, and so there's probably several schools that y'all could go up against uh, with and be within 20, 30-minute driving distance, which really helps. Because as you said, Mississippi doesn't have it at all, so you're going to have to be drawn from that West Tennessee, and that's great that y'all started that. Hopefully that will be something, especially with the size of the public schools in DeSoto County, there are kids wanting to do – they don't want to play football. You know, maybe they don't – you know, they're not, not good with the basketball in their hand, but they can get on the mat and tussle and stuff like that. So I think this would be a great opportunity maybe to open it up, you know, at least for maybe a district tournament every year or something like that they are um and believe it or not they have opened this up to the entire desoto county schools not every school has been able to create a team because they haven't yet necessarily have a coach with experience yet and wrestling is one of those sports where you really don't want to go into it blind it's one of those things a kid can get hurt you know if you know if you're not properly taught you know don't rules expectations uh but the state will have a state championship this year in mississippi um and it's one of the things they've all added in the last five to ten years i mean mississippi has added a bass competition state championship they have added archery in the last 10 years and then we have wrestling uh they have believe it or not video game you know if you're good in those video games which we try to sports yeah esports if you tell our kids all the time get off those electronic devices and go be a kid well guess what now the state has a competition you can be the best you can earn 80 grand a year playing playing (laughs) Playing video video games. games that's right I'm waiting on the day where you can see a professional YouTuber get oh, you a competition you yeah, you know, or yeah. something of that nature. But the day is coming. But, uh, yeah, uh, that's been that's a, that's been my world here recently. Um, other than that, I really can't say other complaints, man. Well, again, that's, just, that's a great thing. And I uh, uh, really love hearing what the schools are doing. Um, I'm, you know, I'm not in the school system. So hearing all the new stuff coming in and just, again, everything making it better for DeSoto County is just a, a wonderful, wonderful thing. Awesome. You know somebody else who does something wonderful for DeSoto County, brother? Man, he's been doing it probably for what now? I would say at least 15 to 18 years. Yeah, it's been the, a long time, man. It's been a long, long time. I mean, if you know him, it's probably been longer. Than, it feels like it's been longer <laughs> than that. Uh, but, no, he's a great guy. And, and uh, we're talking, about, of course, about uh, Brian Couch. Uh, and uh, Birch Realty, uh, Team Couch at Birch Realty, just a great, great sponsor of this show. He's a great sponsor of our show, too. He actually is the head sponsor uh, for both shows. And uh, we just really appreciate Brian and Terry and what they do for this market um, that we could not do. I mean, if when you drive around and you see these new subdivisions, see these new neighborhoods, and then all the existing houses that come for sale, I mean, you say, okay, well, I, I see so many realtors. I see so many people trying to get rid of these houses, you know, selling these houses. You know, I, I don't know who to go with. Should I call the person on the sign? The answer is absolutely not. Uh, you pick up the telephone. You dial 901-461-SOLD. 
get in touch with Brian Couch, get in touch with Terry at the office and say, hey, look, I'm interested in this house. They don't have to have it listed. They can be the buyer's agent. They can be the seller's agent. Have them come on there and, and you know, get them on your side because I promise you, if, if you're buying a house or you're selling a house, there is nobody else you want on your side than Brian Couch. He will, I'm not, you know, people like to say, well, he'll fight for me. They'll fight for me. I, when I tell you, Brian will absolutely fight for you. He will absolutely hound the other people uh, to make sure that you get the best deal, that you get the, you know, get the house that you want at the, the price that you want, or you're able to get, you know, whatever, you know, you want to sell your house for to get that price. So again, do not go out there. Uh, there's a lot of people right now that go on Facebook, Zach, I'm sure you've seen it where they go on and they try to list it themselves or say, hey, open house for the next five days, need to offer by three, you know, Friday afternoon. I'm, I'm, you know, people do that. Every day, that's fine, but it's scary. And not only that, you don't know if you're getting the best deal. I mean, the Brian and Terry will pull the market analysis for free. They'll go in there. They'll say, "Hey, look, that's way over asking price." You know, it says they're asking 160 a foot. They're, this is not going to appraise for more than 150. So you may get it to 160, and then now you're going to have to come up with another 10 percent or whatever, 10 dollars a foot when you're putting the money down, and you might not have the money. So again, get with Brian and Terry. Uh, they've been doing it for decades. Uh, you know, some of the stats that they use, they are currently ranked nationally as a top performer in realty team. They're a full-time uh, and service group, which means they're available to you when you need them, not at their time. And, I, and if you know Brian, he will absolutely answer his cell phone at 10 p.m. on a Saturday night. If you know Brian, he'll answer the phone probably in the middle of the morning. You know, <laughs> to be honest with you, the joker, you know, he's unreal. He's a truly, truly great realtor. They've done, yeah, they've had over 25,000 closings since 2009, and they've been voted as the best realtor in DeSoto County. And they're currently offering that free market analysis on your home right now. And the best part is that there is no obligation. So even if, if you call them up and they shoot you straight, which they will, and they tell you how it is, and you don't like it, you can walk away if you want to. I don't advise that, no. but you can if you want to. Uh, but see, again, to see the value of your house and your current market with no strings attached, please call them at 662-449-1700. Again, 662-449-1700. Or visit them at teamcouch.com. And as always, Brian's cell phone number, 901-461-SOLD, 901-461-7653. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you talking about it because, you know, I've been talking about Brian for, what, I guess eight months now that the podcast has been going, and you, you just, you ring it true, man. The guy is gold, and, uh, you know, it's one of those things is don't, don't gamble on something as precious as a house no, and kind of stuff like that. that so. That's most people's largest asset they have. I mean, oh. their equity position, like if you do their net worth, almost, you know, most people, the majority of that is in their house. Oh, 100% agree. All right, Jack, as our tradition always continues, we do jokes over here at OB Pod. And so, oh. of course, I decided to not only do three, but I think I'd give four since I have a special <laughs> guest with me this week. And just to try to see if I can give you a little chuckle in, the, in this in this wonderful season we're in. Obviously, I listen to your show every week. And, you know, when I hear these, a lot of these are cringeworthy. Uh, when I when you asked me to do this, I was hoping you were not going to ask me to bring one. Thank goodness you did not. Uh, but I'll, I'm now sitting on on pins and needles, waiting to hear, <laughs> waiting to hear what the sure jokes are. I'm sure you are. I'm so ready. Let's I'm go. sure you are. Well, as always, we always appreciate everybody emailing us, and of course, we find some of these on social media, and we we just think they're fantastic and highly recommended. Again, we appreciate you. But here we go, Derek. I gave my wife a glue stick by accident the other day when she asked me for lipstick. Can you believe that? Zach, that sounds like it's a it's a disaster waiting to happen. Yeah, uh, she's still not talking to me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay, yeah. cat got her tongue. Okay, yeah, gotcha, like that. gotcha. <laughs> 
right, Derek. What do you call a woman that has one leg longer than the other? Oh, no. That's not going to get you canceled, is it? No. <laughs> okay. We call uh, her Eileen. So at this point is when you're putting in the song. I'm so come on, Eileen. Okay. All right. <laughs> yes. Very nice. Very nice. All right. Derek, you know it's rough out there on rainy days when your wife looks at you and says it's pathetic that you're staring through the window. You know what makes it even less pathetic? I tell her, I was like, if you just let me in, it wouldn't be a problem. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> no, I, no, I can relate to that. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely relate to that one. I think everybody's been outside, you know, uh, honey, can you just let me in just for a second? <laughs> All right. All right, Derek, the bonus one. Might be the risk A. What uh -oh. do you call uh -oh. a blonde that has more than one brain cell? <laughs> I've got an answer, but I'm, 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 I'm just going to wait for it. There's a couple different answers. First thing that comes to mind is pregnant. <laughs> and the other, the actual answer was knocked up, but I, I don't think uh, that one. Ah, <laughs> there we go. There we go. Okay. All right. <laughs> Very nice, Zach. I'm, yes, I'm, yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> if, if, if being canceled for blind jokes, was, yeah. Wow. Very nice. Hey, man, you know. We can give a little humor, just even if they're just that bad, and you can laugh at them because they're that bad. Hey, that's a mission successful. No, opinion. look, I mean, if again, what was it? Uh, the famous saying, you know, if you you know laugh once a day, what Jimmy V, you laugh once a day, cry once a day, and uh, was it love once a day? Then that's a full day. And oh, uh, so I got my laugh of the day. Absolutely, absolutely. Guys, we hope you're enjoying what you're listening to. And if you are, we hope you're sharing it with your friends. Always make sure you're checking our social media as well as following us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter. As also, we have an email that is theobpodcast at gmail.com. Please make sure you're checking that out and subscribing, following, liking, all that good stuff. Well, Derek, man, what are you calling? I know this is not something typical for your show, but it's something we do next, and we always like to do a motivational message. And this week, we're starting December, so we want to kind of go in with kind of a Christmas theme. And I thought, you know, let's change it up completely. We've done some recorded stuff on some wonderful poems, some, some motivational speakers. This, thing. this time, I actually found audio from a classic TV show that I absolutely grew up on, loved. My parents thought it was the best show on television for years. And I'm talking about a sitcom called Frasier. Fantastic okay. show. Fantastic show. And I, I mean, you can still watch it today and it rings true. It's just fantastic. So anyway, I'm going to set the scene here for this audio. Okay. okay. Fraser Crane, you know, the, you know, he's a psychologist, you know, therapist, TV, radio host and stuff. And he is sitting at a diner, uh, being alone, kind of not feeling great about himself. It's Christmas Eve, mm -hmm. um, you know, and it's a, you know, low, low key diner. And he is eating a meal with a gentleman who is very blue collar, low socioeconomic clothes are dirty, but he's there. And this is where he's going for his meal. Doesn't have a family to visit mm -hmm. with and stuff. And, you know, and another gentleman of the same caliber comes in and wants to eat dinner with him as well. You know, so there's going to be three. Well, um, of course, the scene is, is that he decides to get up from his seat to give his seat to the other gentleman mm -hmm. who's a working class guy to have a meal. And then something happens. And so when you listen to the audio, you can understand what's going on. And I think when you listen, you'll get the message from it and it'll give us something good to talk. Hey, Tim. Merry Christmas. Hey, Bill. Same to you. Yeah. Glad you could make it. Well, I wouldn't miss this. <laughs> hey, how's that turkey platter? Good as last year's? <laughs> I'm not sure this isn't last year. <laughs> huh? Listen, I've, I'm done here. Why don't you go ahead and take this seat? Jeez, <laughs> oh, thanks, pal. You bet. Excuse me, miss, uh, something rather embarrassing has just happened. I, I, I seem to have uh, lost my wallet. 
You mean you can't pay? Oh, no, I, I can pay. I can pay. I, I must have just left it uh, at the office. Uh-huh. Well, I, I could just go back there and get it. No, oh, no, it's all right. This one's on me. Oh, no, no, no. See, you, you don't understand. I, I... It's okay, buddy. We've all been there. Yes, but you see, I really did misplace my wallet. I know you did. And Bill here misplaced his Wall Street portfolio. <laughs> hey, Bill, help me out. Oh. Oh, no, no, no. The, the, hey, everybody. People. No, no that's not necessary. Come on, come on. Really, let's I, help I, a I poor man that. get a nice Christmas dinner. Come on. No, no, no please, please. Do it. You don't doesn't matter. I, Even pennies I make a very decent living. I really do. do. Thank uh, you very much. This is not necessary at all. I... Well, I, I must say, I, I've never been so touched in my life uh, to think that you, you people would give up your money, which you can ill afford to, to help out a, a fellow human being. There you go, Lou. Yeah, I'm, I'm still so embarrassed. Be embarrassed? Look at it this way. The rest of the year belongs to the rich people with their fancy houses, expensive foreign cars. <laughs> but Christmas... Christmas belongs to guys like us. Right. Well, I never will forget this Christmas. Thank you. Thank you all. Thanks. Sounds good. Was that, that's, uh, you know, you said that you picked that out, and it is something different. Probably something, you know, when you see all the the uh, Christmas cartoons that come on this year, and all the Christmas shows, Twenty Five Days of Christmas on whatever channel, Freeform or whatever channel it happens to be on. Um, and that's not one that probably people have hadn't heard in what twenty twenty five years, uh, because Frazier's been off for that long. And um, you know, but it's such a, a poignant message, especially this time of year, to remember that. You know, and I think that the listeners, if you know the show, if you if you understand, he is very wealthy. Uh, it's in Seattle. He has a a plush apartment, um, and you know, dr- drives the foreign car that yeah. was mentioned in there. And you know, so he goes in there and has kind of preconceived notions of the people. And obviously, he made fun of the turkey, which they may have thought was was wonderful. And then they end up picking up his check because obviously he did misplace his wallet. He could have afforded it, and probably could have afforded to buy everybody else's in there. But instead, they bought his. And that's what the, and that's what the season's about is about giving uh, of yourself to others. And I mean, just like Jesus did for us. And uh, so I, just, I guess a, a great message. And now it's making me want to go back and watch the full thing. Um, and I actually try to find. I'm sure if I search on my Roku, you know, Frasier, I could find one of the channels that'll pull it up. I guess Paramount or something like that. But uh, anyway, just I, I think it's a great message. And I hope that everybody. You know, just small kindnesses every day really do make a difference, and that's what I got from that. Uh, you said it best, brother. I, I don't, I don't, I don't, even, I can't even add to that. I mean, I think you hit it right on the nail on the head. It just, it spoke to me when I was watching it, and I was like, you know what, I got to put this in here. I think it's just, if you want to start the season off right and think about what we're here for, what this is, what it's all about. That's a perfect example, mm-hmm. and you're gonna have a little laugh about it. And yes, uh, Frasier was a fantastic show. And believe it or not, they are discussing bringing it back with the original cast and the entire nine yards. Wow! And so that is on the table. They are negotiating that as we speak. Wow! That, that even uh, even Eddie, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Eddie, Eddie, make it twenty years. Well, I don't think um, I don't think. And of course, I'm sure Eddie's not around like that. But I also think his dad has passed. I think in real dad life has, too. has passed. Too, and yes. so I think I know um, Niles, that Niles and, and Daphne and like uh, that. Um, Will all, it make a- I would imagine so. <laughs> um, so I, I think that's pretty cool. Again, guys, we hope you get a great message out of this and really, really enjoy it. 
Guys, I want to mention our next advertiser, and that is Michael Hatcher & Associates. This is that wonderful company we talk about each and every week right there on the north side of Olive Branch, and they are looking to hire qualified people and unqualified people. They want to do all the training, whatever they got to do to make sure the best people work for them, and their motto is hire for life. If you're in the market for a new job, want to change careers, whatever, and work at a place that is truly going to care about you, offer you wonderful wonderful benefits, wonderful pay, and really make it an atmosphere that you enjoy coming to day in and day out, then you need to go to hatcherlandscape.com and check out all the opportunities they have posted for their job board. Also, if you have any questions about it, you can also call Gabby at 662-755-3207, and she can answer any of those specific questions, what kind of positions are available, if there's a certain type of qualification, pay, whatever you can think of, give her a call. You'd be surprised how wonderful it is to have a conversation with her and learn so much more about the company that'll make you feel better about starting your new career. Additionally, if you're in the market for any kind of landscape work, especially construction, anything major, or you own any commercial businesses that are looking for a landscape maintenance facility or company, Michael Hatcher & Associates is the best. And that is literally the truth. Right here in Olive Branch, you have the best option possible. Again, make that phone call, check them out. You will not regret the decision. Now guys, we're going to move on to our news section. So, Derek, the first thing on the news docket, we're going to talk about some national news that really kind of affects Mississippi, as Mississippi is now the front runner of a major U.S. Supreme Court case that is going on right now. Mm -hmm. uh, the, uh, some uh, big arguments happened this past week, I think on Wednesday. What was it? Yeah, Wednesday. And this was the case of Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization, and this directly relates to abortion uh, you know, and possible repealment of the Roe versus Wade, which is basically the landmark case, which has been the guidelines or the the set precedent when it comes to abortion under federal law. Uh, you know, have you been keeping up with this at all? I have. Um, it's, you know, obviously it's affected Mississippi. Well, Mississippi was the lead, I guess, state pushing for this. There are I really, I think it's like 22 to 24 states that uh, have some type of restriction and they have set up, you know, a, a kind of a, uh, what's it called? A, um, well, they set up a kind of a silver bullet that goes into effect if this ruling goes down, uh, you know, kind of going against abortion. So I've been, have been keeping up with it and very interested to see how it continues. Yeah. So Mississippi is trying to change it to where instead of going to two terms, they're trying to change it to a 15 week, um, you know, limit or a time frame to for abortion. Mm -hmm. uh, and so the argument is, is that, you know, 15 weeks is enough time to make the decision and terminate versus, you know, going for two terms of that nature. And so that is what the biggest part of the argument arguments has been with the Supreme Court justices and the uh, the people of the state and the things of that nature um, the Biden administration's even been a part of it and it's been quite a it's been quite of a big deal there's been a huge um, outpouring of not protest but uh, you know uh, people standing at the Capitol and trying to speak their peace and have their opinion heard and this this case could really really change the dynamics of how the law works for the entire country, or it could revert it back to where the states have complete control. And, and so it's going to be very interesting to see how this is going to turn out. And they do not expect a true answer to this until possibly this summer. Yeah, next summer because I do. They listen to it, and then they have you know usually write six to eight months to write it up to discuss uh, to decide. Now they'll make the decision probably. 
I would say probably in the next 90 days, but then they spend a lot of time writing it up. You'll have a majority opinion, a minority opinion uh, based on which way it goes. Uh, I do think, you know, a lot of the pundits believe that because of the conservative nature of the court, I believe it's sitting six to three right now, more conservative, that there may be some type of repeal uh, of Roe versus Wade and that they may be put back to the states. And then in that case, as I said, there would be kind of a poison pill. Uh, I said silver, but silver bullet earlier. So been a poison pill um, that you know they immediately laws kick in that these other states have passed, and other ones are also looking to do based on this. Um, so it it's it could be a, a large thing. Now, Mississippi only has one abortion clinic, one legal abortion clinic, and it's in Jackson. That's the one that's kind of going after when this this case was filed, and so it's already pretty limited, or obviously very limited in Mississippi, and, and it'll make it even more limited than that. So it, you know, fifteen weeks. Yeah, everybody has their opinion on it right now. I believe Roe versus Wade keeps it around 24 weeks. Is that right? I think That's after right. 24 weeks. Um, so uh, we'll see what happens. And I'm sure that you know both your podcast and our, and our podcast uh, will be covering this sometime in the middle of next summer when that decision is finally rendered. Absolutely. All right, guys, let's get back to our local area. Now, Derek, did you hear about South Haven? They've created a new day. What is that day? It's coming up, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, they uh, we had a, a special guest here in South Haven here recently over at Silo Square. That was Austin Riley, as we talked about the last couple of weeks. He, we did some uh, baseball uh, signing and photo ops, and it was all for a good cause and a charity, and it was fantastic. My wife and I even went over there and bought one of the Christmas trees. Oh, wow. Um, to help give back to for children's mission and to help out some local mm. things here. And uh, it's a great way to give back to the community. Um, you know, and we, my wife and I have always gone over to uh, Sweeney Road. Uh, there's a church over there that does a children's mission in Africa, and every single dollar spent on a Christmas tree goes mm. towards the kids. That's great. Um, and it's a, it's a great cause. And so they combined with a new organization here in Silo and did that. And so it's fantastic. But to get back to the point, uh, they have decided to make December 10th Austin Riley Day. Man. And that's I, pretty special to me. That is pretty special. You know, I, I thought you were going to say Matt Crane Day, but you said Austin <laughs> Riley Day. Uh, I thought in honor of his birthday. So Austin Riley Day, December 10th. Uh, you, you're right. He did come in here, and I hope that everybody listening knows who Austin Riley is. Uh, he was, of course, a the third starting third baseman for uh, your world champion, Atlanta Braves. Uh, I know my, my son was very excited, very tied into it. Uh, I've got a nephew uh, who's a tremendous Austin Riley fan, and I think a lot of younger kids in the area will be. Uh, so I think it's a great thing uh, for Mayor Musselwhite to do, and uh, really looking forward. I guess that would be uh, this coming up Friday. That is uh, correct. That is absolutely correct. Uh, really, a good shout out to Austin Riley. I mean, for a guy to come back and do what he's done already, uh, you know, he could be out there, you know, life, luxury, this, that, or so on, but he is truly homegrown here and just giving back to his community and is the first thing that he's doing. Uh, truly a great person, great, great, great representative of South Haven mm-hmm. and DeSoto County. Uh, again, congrats to him and all that he's affected. Guys, the next thing we got on the list for Olive Branch is not great. MDOT has alerted the city that they're going to have to close down a major road for a couple days to fix a railroad crossing Mm. right there on Germantown Road, what we call Riverdale, on the north side. So, guys, Riverdale will be closed from State Line all the way down to Goodman. That is going to be horrific. That is a major thoroughfare for people going to work, uh, coming home from work, and that will be on December 5th through the 7th. Okay, and so that actually starts tomorrow. And when you're listening to this, you might be stuck in. Traffic. You'll be right in the middle of it. <laughs> <laughs> so, giving you a heads up, beware. 
We, so, uh, well, what are your alternates? I mean, you're not going to take Lamar, so I guess you're going to have to go over to Hacks Cross if you have you're to. You're going to have to go over to Hacks uh, Cross, which is already a bottleneck. Yeah. Because right there against the state line, it goes from four lanes to two, uh, which is already a disaster. So, this is going to be a very difficult situation. Uh, I pray for all who's involved. Yeah, if you have to go north into Memphis to FedEx, uh, the hub, or anything like that, uh, and you have to be there at 8, I suggest leaving at 6 a.m. Yes. <laughs> to give yourself time oh, to get yeah. there. Uh, for these ne- I guess for Monday and Tuesday, and again, you may not be hearing this and you may already be stuck, so on Tuesday, uh, make sure that you're you're following that because hopefully that the – Seventh would be the last day. You sure hope so. Maybe, maybe fingers crossed. There's a Christmas miracle and they get it done early. Yeah. We'll, we'll have to see. Now we got a new business opening up over there in Olive Branch, and this has got some significance to you, Derek. Why don't you tell everybody? Well, Mugshots is a new bar and grill that's opening up right there in front of the Malco Theater. Their uh, theme, or I guess their motto, is having a good time. Uh, in DeSoto County, is the first location uh, in this vibrant community of Olive Branch. And it's set to open by the end of the year. They do plan on having it open for the new year. Uh, their plans are underway for a large celebration to open mugshots uh, right there at 6400 Goodman Road. Again, right in front of the Malco Theater, just across, I guess, the little road that goes toward the Malco Theater on the other side of the road from Corky's. Uh, and it's going to be a restaurant uh, that's currently hiring for fun, energetic people for all positions. Now, those of y'all familiar with mugshots, I know there's one in Starkville, there's one in uh, Oxford, uh, started out of Hattiesburg. Uh, they got one of the principal owner. Actually, I think he's the main owner now. I believe he bought out all the other partners. His name is Ron Seville. Uh, Ron is uh, from my hometown of Natchez, Mississippi. I knew Ron growing up. We rode bikes together. Um, I'm, I haven't seen Ron probably in 25 or so years, but we used to ride uh, bikes together around the neighborhood. And a really nice guy. I believe he went to Southern uh, in Hattiesburg, and then he had this idea. I believe they were on a trip, and they kind of just started pitching around an idea. Hey, I think we could do this. Got some family members and some friends to pitch in to start the first, first mugshots in Hattiesburg. And I I think they're in like uh, – I know they're in at least three or four states now. So just uh, – they obviously made it through COVID. Uh, they made it through a couple of storms, hurricanes that have hit the coast that wiped out a couple of their stores. But their first location in the North Mississippi, Memphis area, they picked Olive Branch. So y'all should be extremely proud of that as an extremely well-run franchise. And I cannot wait to have my first burger uh, at uh, Mugshot's Bar and Grill. Man, my wife and I can't either. We, uh, when we travel down to uh, the Destin area, we always make a point to stop off right there in, I think, Alabama. I forget what the small town is. They have a Mugshot's there. Mm-hmm. Really good fantastic fries. I don't know what it is about the place. The fries are fantastic. The burgers are phenomenal. Don't get me wrong. But the fries are just top-notch to us. But one of the cool things about mugshots is, is they created a tradition where they want you to wear one of their shirts or have some of their memorabilia and go to foreign places and take a picture saying mugshots made it there. Very nice. And so if you go to the restaurant and you get any of their swag and you take it on a vacation anywhere and take pictures, they will take that picture and blow it up and post it. And that'll be their wallpapers for the wall of their local restaurants. And they do that for the local community. So this is an opportunity for all the branch to be kind of put on the map across the world. One of the cool things mugshots does, I think it's fantastic. Way to get your community involved. Very happy they're joining all the branch. Well, guys, like I said before, we were recording on Saturday, and we hope that everybody is having a wonderful weekend or this past weekend when you're listening to this and that the, you had a good time at the parade. I know the Weston House had a special deal where each room was decorated and they'll actually allow people to come in, and that's a big deal. A lot of food, drinks, different things was going on, especially when they had the Christmas tree lighting. Olive Branch is making a lot of great strides and doing a lot of great things. And DeSoto County in general, like Derek talks about down in Hernando, the people are really stepping out. Everything since post-COVID has really, really blossomed. 
<clears throat> we see more and more community support because people realize what they were missing. Mm-hmm. And when you have a year and a half, two years of being you know, stuck in a situation and not having that social environment, you realize the value of it. And now you see the fruits of that coming out. Uh, really, really happy to see our community thrive. Really happy to see Hernando thrive. I mean, I'm kind of a split person. I go to church there with you, Derek. <laughs> if you guys don't know, Derek is my Sunday school leader. Um, he is a phenomenal teacher, a phenomenal host on UTW, phenomenal friend. And so it's an absolute honor to have him on the podcast. And so I hope you all understand what it means for me and what it means for the community that he's joined us and what he's promoting for us like we are. Because together, we're in it together, as I like to say. No, I mean, it- what I love about DeSoto County, uh, as I said, I'm originally from Natchez, and Natchez is its own little town, and, and you know, it's it got a lot of st- steep in history. And DeSoto County, Hernando has a lot of history, but most of DeSoto County, I'll branch us too, but most of DeSoto County is, is mostly newer. Uh, I would say probably 60s, 1960s and on, you know, when things really started developing and, and the, the housing tracks and stuff started going up. But it still seems like a single large city. Like I, th- I would say DeSoto County has the feel of a single large city. Now, some people may say, oh, well, oh, you live in Hernando. Oh, yeah, well, I don't go to Hernando. And that's fine. But really, I mean, DeSoto Countyans, I think, take pride in being DeSoto Countyans. Now, you may say, well, I'll go to Olive Branch High School. I'll go to Center Hill High School. Or I'll go to Lewisburg or Hernando, wherever. But I still, being here, I guess I've been in DeSoto County now 21 years. And I still feel it as it's just a, you know, I can go to South Haven and feel just as at home, just as welcome. I'm able to easily get around as I would in Hernando. When I come to Olive Branch, I lived in Olive Branch for four years when I first moved to DeSoto County. You, I, I'm, I, the roads are still there. I mean, things look different, obviously, but the roads are still there. I know where to go. I know a back road to take. It just seems like one large city, and I think that's a, a great feel, and I'm I'm so pro uh, being DeSoto County, because when you do come from a town in the Delta, a town on the river like I do, and you see things that are dying, uh, it is just, I'm more thankful every day of where I live, the opportunities that we have here, and I hope that everybody that is listening to this you know, realizes that. Absolutely. Keep preaching, brother. Keep preaching. The collection plate's <laughs> moving around. <clears throat> Uh, I'm happy you talked about like the history there and the time frame because, like you said, Natchez is a very old historic town. It's, <clears throat> it's one of the oldest towns in United States history. I mean, it is what it is. It used to have more millionaires per capita than anywhere else, and to see it now, it's it's truly sad. Mm-hmm. One of my best friends in the world, uh, he's from the area as well, and uh, you know, it's just it's we go down there at least once a year, and it, it's tough to it's tough to see. You know, it, it's tragic, but. Uh, Olive Branch, Hernando, DeSoto County is thriving, and so we thought we'd give you some cool facts this week for our Facts of the Week, which is brought to you by Rob Long of the DeSoto County Museum, which is located in Hernando on Commerce Street right across from the Area 51 Ice Cream Shop. We need to get Area 51 Ice Cream Shop to promote us. I mean, they we they have been mentioned more than probably most advertisers. You know, unfortunately, when you're trying to give people a location uh, and the, the museum, you know, being on both of our shows located right across the street, they really need to start providing some royalties to us. I agree. I agree. <laughs> There's no doubt. Uh, but guys, the museum is, Rob is a fantastic. They're open on Tuesday through Saturday. They have numerous exhibits for your viewing and learning pleasure. Don't miss out. It is truly a great place to go check out. So guys, we have some Olive Branch cool facts for you. And of course, a little bit of a story to go with it for our fact of the week. Guys, did you know the first church in Olive Branch history was considered the old state line Baptist church? Dr. W.H. McCargo was the first town doctor and that Payne and Rowlett owned the first general store. Here's a bonus nugget for you. The very first automobile believed to ever even enter DeSoto County was an olive branch, and it was a Cadillac that cost $1,600 for a showcase. Okay, if $1,600, and we're probably talking, what, 1915, 1920, somewhere in there? 
That that's that's a nice car. That is for, a super nice <laughs> that's for car. Sixteen hundred dollars <laughs> driving into Desoto <laughs> County like a hundred years ago. Wow. I yes. mean that that's a that's a man. We got probably what. What, 22s, 24s on there? We got something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Got the three wheel motion. Got you know? the three wheel motion. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was Bose stereo system rocking. <laughs> you know how it is. Yeah. That, that's a nice car for $1,600 100 Very years ago. Nice. So here's another little nugget. So in the early 1800s, around the very first settlers, there was an old log house right outside the downtown area of Olive Branch we know now, and that is where Sam Watson, who was an ardent spiritualist, wrote several books on spiritualism that were very popular through the 1800s. Watson was a scholarly person, and his books on spiritualism were written in a small brick study that was in the yard where he used as a lodge or an office for this log home. One of his books, called The Clock Struck One, is considered his most impressive work and is considered before his time. It's based upon an occurrence of the death of one of Mr. Watson's granddaughters. The book emphasized the fact that the old clock in the loft of this home, which had not run or struck for years, suddenly struck one shortly after the death of his granddaughter, who was downstairs. Kind of spooky, if you ask me. That's a pretty cool story. That's bananas, if you ask me. <laughs> I mean, it, and, you know, they said it's his best-selling uh, book or, or probably his most famous book. You know, when, when it's an actual true story you're writing that, that does help. The fact that he was able to have a story that's, a, you know, that that happened and that took place and he's able to put that into a book form. That's just a fantastic – I mean, people would listen to that podcast today. Oh, no doubt. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, the book may have been before his time, but he probably should have waited for that the podcast to come out, <laughs> have one of those true detective things because that is fantastic. <laughs> it's a great premise. It's a great premise. <laughs> As always, Rob, we appreciate your facts of the week, and we look forward to it each and every week. Guys, again, go check them out down there at Hernando. It is truly a great experience. Guys, another great advertiser we have with the show, that is Rodman Properties. That is ran by Abby and Spence Rodman. They are wonderful friends of our podcast and wonderful people of the Olive Branch and DeSoto County area. Guys, what they specialize is, is they look for houses that maybe are a little uh, disrepair, damaged, or maybe you got it in a divorce, loss of a loved one, something of that nature, and you want to sell it fast for a good cash offer price. This is the company you want to work with. They will come by, look at your home, evaluate it, and be honest with you and right now that is the most important thing you want to hear somebody who's not going to try to you know take advantage of you lowball you things of that nature or feel like you're getting scammed they work fast efficiently and honestly to make sure you are satisfied and if you're not happy that's fine we'll move on but the one thing you can have solace in is that when they do buy your home they just don't turn around and try to sell it to major corporations national companies who really kind of lower the value of the area of communities the homes are in they actually try to rehab all their homes to make them better, improve the value, improve the community, and that's what you need here in Olive Branch and in DeSoto County. Guys, we encourage you to go to their website, ibuydesoto.com. It will show you all the things they offer and do and the process of buying and selling homes, as well as it has listings for homes they have rentals for now, as well as an application process. Also, they do property management if that's something where you have a home, but maybe you consider them hiring them to do that for you. Go check them out at iBuyDeSoto.com. This is a great opportunity. 
Well, guys, that wraps up our intro of our show, or I should say our first half. We're going to come back with our awesome sports section, as always. We've got great scores from our four local teams. Also, since Cash is not with us, he was able this week to sit down with Bob Bakken, the great reporter of DeSoto County News, and he's going to have a special segment after the sports section, since he will not be doing Monday Night Football. Instead, he's going to tell you about these two amazing stories of history uh, and local township here in Olive Branch that you're really going to be able to sink your teeth in. We hope you'll tune in and stick with us and enjoy. Are you looking to start renovating? Well, North Mississippi Dumpster is the local business you want to contact. All you have to do is head over to DeSotoDumpsters.com. You'll be able to find all of your pricing and sizing needs. They're open seven days a week and have fantastic prices. They carry 13 and 20 yard roll-off dumpsters that are in great conditions so you don't have an eyesore sitting in your yard or on your job site. They service DeSoto, Tate, Marshall, and Tunica counties. So visit them at DeSotoDumpsters.com or give them a call at 901-299-0916. Are you tired of an unimpressive lawn or need some help from a local professional to get your yard the way you want it? Look no further than Master Lawn for your weed control and fertilizing needs. Master Lawn has been serving the Olive Branch community and surrounding areas for over 25 years and is ready to add you to their long list of satisfied customers. Contact them today for a free quote through their website, www.masterlawninc.com or call 901-250-0873. Welcome to OB Pod's post game show. All right, Derek, welcome to our sports show, and we appreciate you joining again as always, brother. And I want you to help us narrow down some scores and talk about some local basketball. What are we going with first? I'm going with Olive Branch, and I want to say that I'm, I'm uh, excited to do this because uh, on the UTW podcast, we cover three schools. We cover Lewisburg, Hernando, because they both pull from uh, the Hernando area, and North Point, uh, because, well, two reasons. Number one, it's a private school that anybody can go to, and also because my children go there. Um, and well, so we, you're also the kind of the pride of the Twitter program <laughs> as well as, you know, the face of the program when it comes out there. I'm just what I understand. I don't know about the face. That's my wife. Uh, <laughs> I do do the Twitter uh, for the basketball, for the uh, football team. But um, the uh, we'll start with Olive Branch. And Olive Branch, they had two games this week. Uh, Christian Brothers, they faced them first. And let me just say this, Christian Brothers has an absolutely just dominating team. Uh, they are extremely good. They are led by Chandler Jackson, who my son played growing up uh, when they were when they were starting in f- fourth and fifth grade, North Point plays in the Memphis League. I mean, right. they, the, the Memphis League, the private school league uh, up there. And, and uh, actually not even a private school. I believe it's just a, uh, a elementary league. But they, it's kind of a, I mean, very competitive Chandler, he's played against Chandler since he was in fifth grade. They're the same age. And so Chandler played for you know some of the teams, and I think CUMC was one of the ones he played for, and there's a couple more but because uh, he, he went to St. Louis for a year or two. He seemed to kind of transfer schools a lot. Uh, but it was a great kid, and but an absolute baller, and he is being highly looked at at several Division One schools. Uh, he has not, you know, announced where he's going yet. I believe Florida State's his favorite right now. Uh, so he is an, a, a, a fantastic player. Unfortunately, uh, Olive Branch had to face them, and unfortunately, they did hand Olive Branch their first loss. Uh, Olive Branch was led by Trey Wall with 16 points, but the final score: Christian Brothers 97, Olive Branch 62, and that's just a, again, that's just a tough juggernaut to run into, but. Good experience for the first of the year. 
Yeah, uh, something else to the game you got to look at when that score is is that um, Olive Branch was missing three starters from oh, the wow. game. Oh, wow. There you go. So an undefeated Olive Branch team playing them uh, at this time, that's uh, that's pretty tough. Um, you know, when I heard about that, I talked to, uh, I think it was Coach Ramba and somebody else, and they had heard that they uh, had three starters out for the game. So not 100% confirmed on that, but my sources that were there at the game said that uh, they were definitely missing some players. So uh, anyway, that's a tough that's a tough first loss. But again, it sounds like you're playing a juggernaut of a team. Well, they're, they're playing. I mean, Christian Brothers is going to be probably make the, the state finals for in Tennessee uh, for their division. Now, state finals for them is Final Four. They do a Final Four type uh, tournament uh, for every division in Tennessee. So I think that would be I, I do look for Christian Brothers to be in that Final Four tournament there in February. Uh, later on in the week, uh, they did uh, Olive Branch faced Provine. Provine also being an extremely good uh, public school in Jackson, Mississippi. Uh, they did again. If they, and it does not surprise me, especially if they're down two or three starters. Uh, they also did travel to Provine, lost to Provine, eighty-two to seventy. Uh, so again, with those starters being out, um, you know that's going to obviously affect any team. Uh, and, and and when you go against two basically uh you know well-known teams that have good teams every year in christian brothers and provine tough week to, to lose them but again it's early in the season no district game still zero zero in district and so uh again the final was provine 82 olive branch 70 that's right uh we're gonna move on to desoto central millington tennessee or i should say just millington central defeated desoto central 78 to 66 uh, DeSoto Central then played Lake Comrit and and won seventy seven to seventy three and that was an overtime game and that is where Alex Pete was able to score twenty three points and then finally this week DeSoto Central played Oxford and won a big game sixty eight to fifty seven and Deontay Green had eighteen points and Dorian Whitley had sixteen points. The good thing about this is is that we don't even have to talk about it, Derek. I've got Coach Orman going to be joining us for the podcast and he is going to discuss how they've been playing this past week, introduce some of his players and anybody who's enjoying DeSoto Central basketball will really get a kick out of this interview so we really look forward to that i look forward to hearing that that's that's a great thing that you're getting them on the show absolutely uh let's move on over down to center hill of course this is my stomping grounds and so center hill played south Panola earlier this week and they won big 90 to 56 um this is even after south Panola got some of the football players back on the team they just hadn't quite gelled yet um and uh, center hill was just on a hot streak deshaun dunn finished with 23 points and case and sanders had 18 it was a good game but sadly i gotta tell you this we had a complete reversal Last night, I was the game administrator last night, believe it or not, and we played South Haven at home, and it was a great crowd, great environment, and believe it or not, Coach Wilson, who I used to work with at DeSoto Central, came in with his team, and his star player was out. He has a player that averages over 25 points a game. Wow. As a phenomenal athlete, just a great kid. and been with him ever since he was a younger fellow at ninth grade. And he has uh, potentially damaged his Achilles tendon. Oh, no. And uh, they do not think it's ruptured. So they think that he will be able to recover and be able to play by district, which is huge. And so I was kind of like, oh, man, you know, this is uh, – South Haven's always had her number yeah. uh, when it comes to play us. And so I was like, you know, all right, Central Hill's got a great chance. Uh, Center Hill made a disastrous decision in the student crowd section and put a sign out there that said South Haven was soft on one of the signs. And let me just go ahead and tell you, South Haven took that as the (laughs) most... Uh, degrading thing you could have ever said ever and they came out as a team that was motivated, on fire, missing their star player and absolutely gave us a beat down. We were beating beat by double, almost triple at one point Uh. of the ball game 
and made it where it looked somewhat respectable at the end for an 85-66 to 66 loss. It was a really rough night for the boys' basketball. As the administrator of the game, or working the gate, uh, having to you know kind of patrol things, as you all often do when you have to kind of alternate games to get that done, did you ever cross your mind saying, you know what, I may should go take that sign down? Um, the, here's one of those things where the second the sign was seen, it was, it was, over. It was, it was over. Didn't matter. It, it really mattered because it, it was then. You saw the entire sideline go, oh, it's on. And then that's all it took. You know what I mean? And wow. so, and, yeah. I mean, and when the game was over, uh, the, the the administrator of South Haven and Coach Wilson were like, we want that sign. <laughs> and I was like, I don't blame you. And we, they went over there. They pulled it from the trash can. And they said, they were, I said, man, I'd post that sucker and say, whatever, y'all, whatever juju this gave y'all to win, yeah. play like y'all did, keep wow. it. Got to the locker room, found it in 400 pieces on the floor. So, you know, they didn't even make it back to South Haven. Oh, they, didn't, oh they just wanted to tear it up. Oh, okay. It's kind of like a major league thing, and they start, you know, oh, yeah. ripping stuff off the stage. Okay, I got I you. Thought, gotcha. I told Coach Wilson, I said, that's a complete waste. That sign was your best motivator you've had all yeah, you year. You should just put, put you, it on. Let yeah. it get shredded? Take it to your locker room. Yeah. Get the whiteboard. Just, you know, get the little uh, the grips on there on the back of it. Stick it up on the whiteboard for the rest of the season. Oh, yeah. You know, we. I have to confess, Derek, this is one of those things. When I was a football coach in another school, we would do things to try to motivate our team. Oh, yeah. You know, and we used to, you know, no lie, we would actually go and pay a, a flower shop to send us funeral wreaths and say they came from the opposing <laughs> team. Or I actually know somebody who actually went out there and defaced their own football field and said it was the opposing team. Okay, that's, things, that, that's aggressive. You know, that's aggressive. things like that to try to motivate the, the troops and yeah. stuff like that. Well, he's the guy who took care of the ground. So it's not like he would have been the one that had to pick oh, so, okay, okay, okay. okay. I, I, okay. I, I, then, I, then that's I, it. I'm okay with it. I comfortable with yeah. when yeah. I realized, like, well, you're the guy who has got to fix it. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, he's, and, just trying to, he's just trying to justify his job. Oh, yeah. And so it's just <laughs> – but that you know the things the things we do, and I was like that sign right there is just natural. Yeah, yeah. you know uh, it was it was a travesty the sign got destroyed. It was it was just a tough night for Center Hill when it comes to that. But uh, going a little bit south, another team we both cover is Lewisburg. What, what we got scores we got for that one? All right, so Lewisburg had two games uh, this week. Uh, the first was against Water Valley, the Blue Devils. Uh, Lewisburg fifty four, Water Valley forty. Uh, Amarian Davis with fourteen points and Hayden Drumright who had thirteen points. So that was a, a good win for Lewisburg. Uh, Waterbury Blue Devils. Not sure. Uh, I know on the football side they've always had a three A public school uh, down in Water Valley outside of Oxford. Uh, a strong football program. Not sure about the basketball program, but still, again, it's a, a win for Lewisburg, fifty five to fifty four to forty. And then uh, on Friday night. It was what a game. I followed this game on Twitter again because I do cover it for uh, our podcast too. And following this game back and forth, I believe and at the end of the third quarter it was tied. Um, so going into the fourth quarter, uh, Hernando uh, Lewisburg had to travel to Hernando. Hernando pulls it out at the end, seventy nine to seventy. Just a great game. Lewisburg's got a great team. I'm gonna be honest. I didn't know how Hernando was gonna do this year because it's like I don't know. You may have better sources than I do. Everybody else has played like. I don't know nine, ten games. Like their records are seven and three, or eight and two, or five and five. That I've been, we've been covering. And Hernando's was the boys when we first started covering. They were one and two, and I'm like, well, they only played three games. Then they were so they won earlier in the week, and then they beat. So now they're three and two, uh, supposedly. Now again, if any listener on here, if you want to uh, 
email Zach or text Zach or whatever and say, hey, Zach, no, actually, Hernando's played like 12 games. Here's a record. Please get it to me because I cannot find anything different that tell me that they only played five games. So I didn't really know what Hernando had. I think Lewisburg was, I believe, 8-2 or two or 9-2 and two coming into this game. Hernando hands them under the loss, 79-70. to 70. Josiah Nelson had 21 points, and Noah Jorgensen had 20. So good. I mean, great. Two players in double-digit – Two players who had 20 or more points for Lewisburg, but still not able to pull it out against Hernando. Again, uh, tough, hard-fought, cross-city, cross, slightly cross-county game. Uh, Hernando pulls it out 79-70. to Yeah, it was quite a game. I had some people who were there, and they said it was definitely a battle. So, uh, But again, I think DeSoto County, especially eastern DeSoto County, anything 55 into the east, is, is basketball is phenomenal. You know, uh, I'm not saying anything against Lake Carmer and Horn Lake or anything like that, like that but right now – it is super, super hot. Doesn't matter who you're playing, it's going to be a heck of a ball game. Yeah. Let's move over to the girls' side, uh, and we'll start off with Center Hill. Uh, Center Hill played South Panola like the boys did and won a big game, 61-57. to Ajari Rankins had 16, and Kaylee Prentice had 15, and, of course, Dominique Collins also had 14. And then last night, they had a big game versus South Haven. They won 52-31, to and Jaria Rankins had 20 points. This was a great game. It was one of the first times uh, in a long time where, like, the starting five, start, you know, like, you know, Coach Owens does a phenomenal job where she has a rotation of about four or five kids that she constantly rotates mm-hmm. in. So, really, it's like you have a starting five, but she has about nine girls that she plays a lot. And so, by the time we get to district, it's going to be really, really salty. You know, mm-hmm. they're figuring things out, and it's great. They actually have a, a freshman who starts that is going to be pretty dynamic moving down the road. Uh, but anyway, they all did a fantastic job. Uh, it was a first, like I said, a real complete game, even out of the five starters up to the sixth, seventh, eighth person. Uh, so it was a good a good team win. Uh, South Haven South Haven has a girl who is 6'5". Wow. In the center. And when she got the ball, it was in the bucket. Yeah. Could, I mean, yeah. what, what can you do? And not only that, I mean, she she's a she was a large frame girl. She she could she can do a great. She was mini shack. I mean, that's why she I could bang. She had a single a single dribble. I'm going to the glass. You'll pay the price. Drop if you step. Get in the way. Exactly. Drop step. I mean, like, and I mean, like, you could tell they practice it with her. There was assistant coach just for her. Yeah. For the game, like that. You know, she's just got to work on getting back and forth down the court. We're a running team. You know yeah. what I mean? And so, you know, the six foot five, you know, large frame girl, that, that takes a lot out of you to go back and forth. Well, it's and, conditioning. I mean, yeah. and, and, and it's so, early in the season, too. Uh, but but when, she, when she gets into her own, you know, they're going to, they're, that's going to be somebody to have to deal with, you know. And so, again, great game, great win for, uh, for Center Hill. Well, well, tell me a little bit about uh, Jarrah Rankins, because, again, this is the first time I'm really. You know, paying attention to Center Hill because we don't cover them on our podcast. Uh, it looks like she led the team both both games. Well, actually, yeah, led the team both games. So sixteen and twenty. I mean, what, what kind of how old is she? I mean, a little uh, bit about her. So she's not a senior. Is she is a tiny little skinny, maybe eighty pounds, soaking wet. Oh, well, scat back like oh, little, I mean, she and what? <laughs> well, no, what what she doesn't have in body weight and size, she carries more attitude. Point guard. Oh yeah, there's yeah. no doubt. Yeah. She um, yeah. she is fierce. She is a go getter. She uh, doesn't care about what anybody thinks. How she walks, she she beats her own drum. She is she carries her water well. Um, she's one of those people you can just look at her and go, I just don't want to mess with her. Right. I mean, it's just she's just one of those people. She, um, you know, it is my mission in the hallway every day if I can get her to smile. <laughs> You know what I mean? She, she hey, can't. you tell her one of the four jokes she told me today. <laughs> yeah. but, but, she probably look at me like she want to kill me, <laughs> which I get that look a lot from her. Uh, I'm you sure know? you do. I'm <laughs> sure you do. And then again, she gives that look to a lot of people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. She's uh, 
she is a very she's a she's a very determined young lady who you know knows how she thinks knows how she feels and not afraid to let you know about it so she's a, but she's a she's getting better and better uh you know she was i think she was a freshman i think she might be a sophomore maybe junior i can't remember exactly but every game she gets better and better she's one of those people who holds her emotions like if mm-hmm. she's having a bad game you're going to know it by the way she walks, mm. the way she dribbles. And it's one of those things where as maturity comes along, you're going to yeah. see it better and better. But when things are hot, she is tough to beat. I mean, her freshman year, I know when she was talking like that, she'd be six to eight feet behind the three-point line and just dropping them. And wow. didn't, wouldn't care because if she was on a hot streak, she knew it. And hey, she, she just got to shoot. She can just, she's going to do it. <laughs> she and just like, you know, shoot. As you're the coach, you're kind of like, you want to be mad at her, but it's dropping. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so perimeter shooting in girls' basketball, if you have it, you're going to be successful. And this is the way it is. Oh, and I sh- uh, one more thing. I, I don't think I've heard it on one of your other shows, and I probably should have covered, asked you this during the boys section. Explain to the listeners about, um, you know, because we know this was not a district game, right? I mean, this is early in the season, not a district game. Explain to the way that the 6A is broken up. You know, football, this would have been a district game. Correct. Uh, in basketball, it's not a district game because they actually split the region into two separate regions, Region 1 and Region 2. Explain just real quickly so the listeners understand. So uh, Center Hill, DeSoto Central, Olive Branch, and Lewisburg, the four schools we cover are are the four teams of their region in basketball. Mm -hmm. And so that is the only four district games they will have. Um, The other region has the other four teams, which is going to be Horn Lake, South Haven, Hernando, and South Panola. And so that's why we've played South Panola. We can play South Haven. We can play those other schools, and it doesn't count against us. It's not district play. And so um, in our region, the way it works is they take the top three teams to go to the playoffs. What is awful about the playoff system in basketball is, is that it's not based on your record. It's based on a singular tournament. Right. And so you can go the entire tournament and be undefeated. Go to the district tournament um, and play bad, have a starter out that's hurt, whatever, lose a couple games and not even be representing your district that you dominated. Right. All because of you know singular basketball game. Um, which I think is an absolute travesty to the teams and players. Um, and it, but you know it's been brought up several years and never changed it. So what's going to happen is in January um, they will have district play, and that's where you know all four teams will play each other twice. You have a home and away, mm-hmm. um, and all you're doing is is playing for your seed in the actual tournament, tournament. for the playoffs. Um, and so you can be O oh, and whatever. And go to the district tournament, win two games, and you're going to playoffs. And so it's 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 a tough situation. Um, and then you get when you go, to the, they take the top three teams, and then you travel around the state, and it's um, you play your first few rounds at whatever highest ranked position, and then they go to neutral sites for uh, north and state. Yeah, so I've, we've got you know we do our podcast on Tuesday mornings, and so I'll be covering the Hernando Lewisburg game on Tuesday morning, and I'm gonna have to do the try to do the same education. Hey, why you know why are they playing districts so early? Well, they're not. This is a uh, they're they're separate, even though they literally are probably the closest rivals. I mean, I would say that Lewisburg. I mean, the Lewisburg has several rivals. They have Olive Branch, of course, and Center Hill because in the same city, and then they have Hernando because literally the Lewisburg Hernando district is they border each other. They split down the middle. So Absolutely. whether you go to you know, Hernando or Lewisburg is where you live in regards to Malone Road. So I think that uh, I'm, I'm going to do my own education. I'm glad that you, I wanted to make sure that they understood that, that yes, in football, all of this will be district games and basketball. They're not until January. That is correct. And then when Lake Comrade actually becomes 6A, which could potentially happen because believe it or not, the state of Mississippi, I know this is off topic for girls basketball, but 
the state of Mississippi is considering going to a 40-team 6A mm-hmm. setup. And if that happens, that will likely put Lake Comrade into 6A, which means DeSoto County will have its entire district in county and not have to play a single opponent outside of our own county lines for any game. So that's good for travel. That's good for taxpayers because the buses yes. are – I mean, the, the furthest trip is Center Hill to Lake Cormorant. Um, and that's uh, good for – and it's also good for the teams because they no longer have to play South Panola in district. That is correct. <laughs> no longer the South Panola – Lake Cormorant would replace South Panola. Uh, so no more football games against South Panola unless you want to schedule them as a non-conference game. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's going to be great. And, again, we're all one big city. We might as well just play each other. It is, and it has a lot of value when it comes to when, it, like you just said, the taxpayer, the parent, because what you don't know is, you know, when you do a football program or any program, you have to earn gate money, and that pays for fuel, uh, mm-hmm. travel expenses, food, things of that nature. Well, in Desoto County, one of the great things we do here is is that the school district does not require the schools to pay for travel mileage or anything if you play an in-county rival. Wow. And so imagine you never have to pay for your buses to right. go from to another school for an away game right. and everything else. That also means your home gates will be better and everything else, your, your, your in-town rivals. Like you just said a minute ago, Lewisburg, it is exactly, I think, eight minutes to get to Olive Branch High School. Mm-hmm. Now that you have the I-69 drop-off at Mackinville, it's right at seven or eight minutes to mm-hmm. get to Hernando. That's right. And then if you play Center Hill, we're 10 to 12 minutes Okay, the closest rival is Olive Branch to Center Hill. We are about roughly six minutes apart from each okay. other, um, and so and then DeSoto Central is actually almost just as close when it comes to Lewisburg. They are right at nine, eight, nine minutes because mm-hmm. I used to work at DeSoto Central and right by there, and so at the end, South Haven's not less than ten minutes from DeSoto Central. So if you look at the the grand scheme of things, the worst trip is Center Hill to Lake Cormorant. That's right, by far. But now they have I sixty nine, but it still takes forty minutes on a yellow dog to get from one side to the other. But when you think about teams that travel three hours for a normal district game, yeah. and we're complaining about 40 minutes yeah. in our own county. I know. You know what I mean? I With know. a network of coaches that have the same email addresses and everything else. So, I mean, like, it, there's a lot of probative good things there. Uh, but some people would say it also uh, diminishes your competition. And when you get out of the county, you're going to play against opponents that are far superior. And if you look at this year's football, it's kind of true. Well, I, th- I mean, you're pulling for the same pool, not to mention – you know, I'm sure that you you've talked about crossing state lines um, on this show, and also, you know, and of course, if you say, okay, well, I don't like this coach anymore, I'm just going to go run a house in the Lewisburg School District or in the Center Hill School District, or so you can. When you're all in the same county, you can also move, e- you know, easier. I mean, you're not, you know, people much more fluid, that's right? For sure. Much more fluid. So you know, you could. I mean, I, I'm not saying anything nefarious would ever happen. So a coach could try to stack a team, but more than likely, a kid's going to want to go where he can play. So there may be some moving around where a team that could have been stacked naturally by the regular borders now is not because the kid wants you know kind of like the transfer portal. They they want playing time, so they may rent a house over here, may rent a house over here, right. and so that does hurt you overall as an county. But as we continue to get larger, as we continue to, as you said, use. I mean, we have the same athletic director for all the schools. And then, you know, you start having these coaches having these natural rivalries. I think it'll help. And I do think you'll see not just 
football, but all sports in DeSoto County. I mean, basketball is getting there, if not already there. Uh, strong girls teams, Hernando and Olive Branch, obviously. Uh, you've got the boys teams coming up, as you said, east up with the 55. Um, and then baseball teams in mean, Lewisburg, extremely strong baseball hey, team. Her- any small white ball yeah. east of 55, you're going to have to go through DeSoto County. So, again, and then <laughs> and volleyball. We yeah. know volleyball strong. Uh, soccer probably is lagging a little bit. You know, need to, you know, soccer needs to come up some. Football needs to come up some. But I, I think we'll get there. But you're right. There could could be you know some diminishing results because it's not an you know one all the people going to one county school well yeah the deal is is that if you look at this year's football deal okay i'll give you an example the other district in, in 6a in football grenada okay only won two or three district games they got to beat by all four teams that went to the playoffs okay mm-hmm. grenada played multiple desoto county to just multiple desoto county teams and shellacked them yeah so that means that they weren't even good enough in their own district to make the playoffs, but beat up on our they would best have won, They would have won our district. <laughs> would have gone in our district easily. Yeah, yeah. And so if that tells you anything, that, that some people say because we have so many schools in DeSoto County that uh, we dilute the talent pool when it comes to that. Yeah. But they're, like, well, they're like, well, no, you have 2,000 kids. You have 2,000. Well, no. Most of the 6A schools in DeSoto County are far superior, less numbers when it comes to the other schools. Right. You know, Tupelo's 2,000, you know, and other places like that. You know, and so, but to me, you know, you can you have 100 different arguments. The reality of it is, is that when it comes down to proof of the pudding, who would win during ball games? The other district's top six teams would have likely been our top four teams also. Right. You know right. what I mean? Or South Panola or South Haven might have snuck in right. as a potential one. But that just shows you the difference in the you know the, the talent level and ability of our football stuff. But again, that's one sport. You go play baseball, it's a that's completely right. different animal. You that's go play right. golf, a completely different animal. Volleyball, the state champion is going to come through DeSoto yeah. County in some facet or it's going to be in the competition game. Right. We're just, just too stacked. Um, you know, a softball. I mean, you name it. I mm-hmm. mean, so I mean, you talk about Desoto Central, Lewisburg, and Hernando are all within ten minutes of each other, and all three are playing for the state championship in some capacity mm-hmm. every single year. Um, so it, it is what it is. It's one of those things. But let's go back to girls basketball. Mm-hmm. I think uh, we were right there at Desoto Central girls. Uh, DeSoto Central girls uh, played Lake Carmet and won 68 to 39. And Janiah Jones had 15. Taria uh, Hanslett had 13. And Maya Richardson had 11. And then they played Oxford and won another big game, 66 to 45. Again, Janiah Jones with 20. And Taria Hanslett had 13. Uh, but something here is I believe DeSoto Central is undefeated or, or maybe just one loss. They are on a hot streak, super, super good team, playing great basketball. Uh, big congratulations to the, the Jaguars there. I have to kind of pay again. I have not paid attention to them because we do not cover them. But maybe have to start watching that going forward, especially as we get into district play. Absolutely. Uh, the next one we have is Lewisburg. Uh, again, Lewisburg, they played the same two teams that the boys did. Uh, Lewisburg defeated the Lady Blue Devils, which. That's kind of interesting when you think about it, Lady Blue Devil. <laughs> yeah. The Lady Blue Devils well, of you know, Water Devil in a blue dress. Remember, that's a famous oh, line. It's a very, that's a very famous line. Uh, Water Valley, uh, Lewisburg, fifty-seven. Water Valley, thirty-six. Allie Carroll led the way with eighteen points. Uh, and then the on Friday night again another fantastic game between Lewisburg traveling to Hernando. Uh, they played before the boys did. Again, we told you the, the Hernando boys were able to pull away at the fourth quarter. Same thing with Hernando. Very tight game entering the fourth quarter. Hernando was able to pull away also in the fourth quarter on the girls' side. 
58 to 53 over the Lewisburg Lady Patriots. Allison Irby had 18 points, and again, Allie Carroll uh, chipped in with 15 points, but just not quite enough uh, to beat Abby Harrison for Hernando, uh, who had, I believe, she had right at 20 points. So again, great game, ladies, and uh, you know, I think the Lewisburg right now is right at five and five, five and six for the year. Awesome. Uh, the last game we've got to talk about is guys is Olive Branch girls. They played Provine in quite a bit different score than the boys game. Uh, yeah. Um, the girls won seventy-one to twenty-eight over Provine. Addison Howell had twenty-four points, and three of the other four starters had double digits in the point scoring. Uh, quite an impressive game for Olive Branch and Coach Thompson. Congratulations to them. I don't know if you know this, but uh, Olive Branch girls basketball is really good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've heard that. <laughs> I mean, I believe they have th- the past three state champions. I almost said they're pretty good. Yeah, they're, they're pretty solid. Coach Thompson does a great job, and it's really good to see Rima Pegues back out there on the court, their star player. And, again, when you have three starters over, over double digits, <laughs> it's, uh, it says a lot. But, guys, that's going to wrap up for our girls' basketball and sports in general. Again, we want to say thank you for listening to all this, and we're going to have Coach Orman on in here in just a second, so please stay tuned for that. We really appreciate it. All right, guys, I've got Coach Orman. Coach, how are we doing today, brother? I'm doing great. How are you? Man, I'm doing good. Coach, thanks again for uh, giving us a little bit of your personal time to talk on the podcast. Uh, Coach, it looks like you're having a great season. Things are going well, but, you know, something uh, we haven't done and I I, I, I just got to take the blame for is, Coach, we need to learn more about you and your players and, uh, you know, what's been going on basketball-wise. you mind taking a few minutes and just kind of introducing us to what D.C. basketball is? Well, you know, this is uh, uh, my third year in the program, you know, um, when I took over, they they had experienced some some down years, but a, a good group of kids, and and uh, you know that's high school basketball. You're gonna have some some ebbs and flows in talent, and we're just trying to build a little bit of culture and establish a little bit more of a, a winning attitude and things like that. And I, I think we've taken some strides in that direction, and uh, got some guys that have really bought into what we're trying to do. I've got I've got a great group of kids that uh, I enjoy coaching every day. Um, you know, it starts with our senior uh, leadership with uh, Dorian Whitley and guys like Deontay Green. And then uh, having Alex Pete back from a COVID year has been a blessing. And got a lot of uh, got, got a lot of guys that are just really working hard and trying to build that culture and that program the right way. Um, and uh, we're just excited, you know, excited about the future. We've got a great young group coming up. And uh, it's just uh, like we say all the time, you know, it's kind of our – our common thing it's great day to be a jag so we think the future's bright i heard that coach that's great uh well coach i mean so far what's y'all's record this year and uh, let's talk about your last game well we're five and four um had a couple close losses and, and overtime loss to to horn lake you know and uh, uh a one point loss to uh, madison central just um several several opportunities where we had actually control in in both of those games that we're not closing them out very well. And then, you know, the other night uh, we, we won a, an overtime game against Lake Cormorant and, and found a way. Well, it was sloppy. We, you know, a lot of turnovers, a lot of mistakes that we're trying to clean up. But uh, like I told our guys, it, it was a step in the right direction, you know. And, and instead of finding a way to lose those games that we had been in control of, we found a way to win one. And, uh, you know, we said in the locker room, you can't take the next step until you take the first one. And, um, and that was a, that was a big step for us. Got the guys even more bought into what we're trying to do and that, that we have some issues we got to clean up as far as taking better control, taking better care of the basketball, valuing our possessions. And, uh, and I thought 
we did probably the best job we've done of that for four quarters at least against uh, Oxford on Thursday night, and, and it led to a victory. You know, uh, started slow in the first half, down 10 at halftime, but um, our guys were resilient, you know, and, and found a way to, to have a very good second half, took care of the ball, um, defended it even better, and, and it led to a win, and we're hoping we're going to continue to take steps in the right direction. Coach, it sounds like you got a great plan, and the kid, and the kids are gelling together. It's funny how basketball seasons go. Is a lot of teams you will see sometimes they'll hit their strides early, some maybe midseason, maybe late. But the teams that really develop slow, work towards a common goal, and you see it just kind of all come together, seem to do better when it comes to district and down the road. And it definitely sounds like that's where y'all's headed. Well, right. Well, I mean, you want to be playing your best basketball in January and February, not in November and December. And, uh, and that's why I told him, you know, I'm glad we're learning these lessons early. Um, and you don't, you don't know oftentimes what your, what your major issues are until you see it live in a game. You know, you, you think you're prepared and, and things pop up that you just weren't able to simulate in practice and that pressure in, in front of a big crowd and got guys that have not been in these moments before of trying to close out a big game or trying to close out a win and, and protecting the basketball. And it, it's it's almost impossible to simulate the pressure of a 1,000 fans and they're watching. But I don't know about that many, but we'd love to have that many come to some of these later games. Um, I you, but it, it feels like a 1,000, and you know, and it feels like the pressure's on you. And, and these guys are getting that, that experience in these bigger games, and, and it's going to pay off dividends if we continue to move forward. That's awesome, Coach. Coach, I can't thank you enough for your time, man. You know, getting to hear about the kids and highlighting them and stuff and hear how the program is progressing in a positive manner, uh, it really means a lot. We really, really appreciate your time, you know. So uh, this up week coming – I'm sorry, this week coming up, uh, sure. what, what games do we have coming up and any big rivals or anything like that people need to be uh, looking for? And definitely, like you said, it would be nice to have a 1,000 people in the gym, so <laughs> a great ones to come out for. But what we got coming up? Yeah, we've got, uh, we got South Haven on Tuesday. It's going to be a major test. You know, we played them earlier in the year, and they kind of got the best of us at their place. Um, didn't play our best game, but, I mean, they're, they're, they're a tough opponent. Uh, Coach Ron Wilson over there does an extremely good job, and we know that we're going to have our hands full. But, I mean, I, I feel good about what we can do if we worry about ourselves and not so much uh, what they did against us, but kind of cleaning up some of the errors we're making. And, um, you know, then we got um, South Enola, who's another uh, – you know, hard-nosed team coming in on Thursday night. The game was actually moved up from Friday night to Thursday night. So just a, a good week ahead, some good basketball, good opponents. And, you know, I'm excited for our guys to get, a, get some more opportunities. Heard that. Coach, again, appreciate your time. We want to wish you luck on those ball games. We look forward to hearing about the kids and the scores and how the things are progressing. And uh, until next time. Man, yeah, thank you for having us on. We appreciate what you're doing. Thank you, brother. Thank you again. Was that that was a great interview with uh, Coach Orman. Really enjoyed listening to that and getting some more insight into the team. And uh, just I really look forward to the season that they're going to have, uh, hopefully deep into February. Absolutely. All right, guys. Now, look, as we said before, uh, that wraps our sports show. And we're going to go to an interview that Cash did with our own Bob Bakken. Remember, we have a little segment we call Back with Bob we've always used. And they've got a great few minutes. They're going to talk about some two stories, a war hero story as well as a class ring story you might have seen on social media and the news. So we're going to go to that now. We are back with Bob, and he is back in DeSoto County after a long and exhausting day at the governor's house. How are you doing today, Bob? Uh, I'm very fine. I'm, I don't know how long and exhausting it was, but it was a, it was a nice drive down to uh, Jackson. Uh, was invited by the governor's office to attend uh, what's called Christmas at the Mansion. 
Uh, so I decided to take advantage of the opportunity and uh, see this historic uh, governor's mansion for the first time I've ever had in the building before. Uh, it's very uh, decorated in uh, holiday regalia and uh, Christmas trees all over the place, lights all over the place. Uh, uh, it's I, I found out the governor that this was the second oldest continuously uh, occupied building uh, governor's residence in the country with Virginia being only older. Uh, uh, so it was built in 1841, as I understand, and there was an addition built on um, in the early 1900s. Uh, and the area that we were at where it was, of course, the museum public historic uh, part of, of the governor's home. Uh, but it's very impressive, and if you have the opportunity to take a tour, and I think they may be starting to start back up with tours again at some point, here in Jackson have the opportunity to uh, kind of uh, uh, waft yourself with Mississippi history, I would certainly uh, take advantage of the opportunity. That sounds absolutely amazing, because that's something I need to do, minus the drive down to Jackson, because you're just better than me. Like, that three-hour drive absolutely <laughs> just wrecks me. So the fact that it's, you did it twice. Uh, it, it's, yeah, it's, it's three hours, but for me, it's not that far. I mean, three hours from was, uh used to be between my home farm and where my lived, you know, before we were married. Back in the day, I'm, I'm, I'm living in a town, and if you had to, to go anywhere, it was always two hours to Joplin, Missouri, two hours to Minneapolis, Minnesota, <laughs> uh, you know, an hour and a half to Tulsa, you know, it was four hours to uh, Des Moines, you know, for that, instance. Uh, your your Midwestern yeah. is showing very much so. It's why would I drive, why would I fly when I can just drive 10 hours? <laughs> so, and I've always enjoyed driving. I mean, I really have. You know, we took uh, my first trip out to the uh, West Coast. When my wife and I were first married, uh, she never touched the, the steering wheel. Mm -hmm. I did it all from from uh, Western uh, Minnesota out to Seattle. You know, I drove it all. A couple days, yeah, but, I mean, I always just enjoyed the uh, um, getting behind the wheel and seeing the scenery and, uh, and listening to the radio and all that good stuff. Today it's streaming, of course. I, I've kept uh, busy last night uh, listening to my favorite pro hockey team, the Minnesota Wild, and then also listening to podcasts like my favorite pod, OB Pod, and also, uh, you know, some other music that I had on my phone. I was able to pump it from my car. I just kind of tooled down the road. No, I mean, that's the best way to do it. I very much listen to podcasts and music when I'm driving. You getting lucky enough to hear your favorite team, which got a W, so congrats on that. And it's just... Something about it, the I guess the serenity just kind of lulls me to sleep, and then, boom, I'm exhausted. But enough about our driving preferences. You have a story on DeSoto County News, which is kind of going viral, at least in our nice little DeSoto County area that we'd like to talk about, which is a class ring being reunited with its owner. Right. Um, uh, thanks to uh, all shows. City government, Jay Nichols in particular, uh, they let me know about this woman who had found a clash ring and wanted to give it back to its owner. Well, um, if you do or do not know, we need to set the basis that at one time for 12 years, uh, the old East Hyde 
Eastside High, uh, the all-African-American school during the desegregation. And from 1958 to 1970, uh, it was Eastside High, and then the two schools merged with Olive Branch High School to become one Olive Branch High School. Um, but um, during the days of Eastside High, uh, a gentleman by the name of Nathaniel Woods attended school there, graduated from there. But during the, the course of his time at school, after getting his class ring, uh, shortly after that, lost it and had never seen it again. Um, well, fast forward, he, and of course he's looking for it, but he could never find it. Well, fast forward about 53 years later, and there is a woman by the name of uh, Jackie Mayo uh, Davidson uh, who is going through cleaning up and going through some of the possessions that her father had. Her father, Cecil Mayo, had passed away about 18 years ago, and the mother had all of uh, these possessions. And uh, Jackie decided that she wanted to go through and help straighten up the house a little bit. Came across this black box. She looked inside, and there is a ring in, in the black box, a class ring. Um, thinking at first that was her father's ring, uh, she came to her mother and said, "You know, uh, Mom, uh, you know, I, I found this, and I kind of like to have it if it's okay." Uh, well, the mother said. Uh, well, it's not your father's classroom because he never went to school past sixth grade. So they both determined that they were going to try and find who the real owner was. And, uh, Which I got to say, bravo to them, because I don't know about you, but I would probably just stop it right there. Yeah, maybe. And that's kind of the, the, the part of the story that uh, they both decided that, you know, the real owner really needed to have this ring. Uh, so... Jackie uh, decided to go on Facebook, uh, got connected with some of the old Eastside High alumni, and started asking around. They had looked inside the ring, and at first thought the initials were MN, but uh, after taking out a magnifying glass and a closer look, uh, determined that the uh, initials were actually NW. And that set them into some more questions with uh, some of the former classmates uh, at Eastside High. If they knew of anyone around this particular year uh, with the initials NW. And a woman stepped up and said, I think that might be Nathaniel Woods. And so um, Jackie Davidson uh, was able to somehow find and contact Nathaniel Woods and indeed... You know, they did some calling, checking, and, you know, asked some questions, of course, to verify and everything. But it <clears throat> turned out that the ring actually did belong to Nathaniel Woods. No one really knows uh, for sure how Mr. Mayo uh, came across this ring. It's possible uh, he might have found it at the Capelville Saddle Club Barns because he used to spend time there. Uh, Mr. Mayo was also a matter driver, bus driver, and might have just found it checking his bus one day and decided to just hang on to it uh, for whatever reason. Well, uh, Jackie Davison and Nathaniel Mayo were able to meet this past week at the historical marker next to Olive Branch Intermediate School. 
uh, the old East Side High, and they made the uh, official uh, present, and uh, I was fortunate enough to uh, be able to be there and uh, ch chat with them and take photos of the, the uh, change of uh, one uh, piece of uh, history that uh, uh, Mr. Woods had not had for 53 years, if you can believe. Man, that uh, is absolutely crazy. from high school, uh, but um, I don't. Uh, I wish I had it, but kind of like Mr. Woods, I saw mine disappear probably is in, um, in the brush pile of my old farm in northwest Minnesota. Archaeologists someday in the long-distant future will come <laughs> and wonder what this is. Um, but uh, he was very happy and very appreciative that he was able to get his class train back and thanked uh, uh, Jackie for being able to uh, get it back to him. And uh, I think the two of them have determined that they're going to be uh, friends and connections here on Goldberg because they, now they both share a bit of history together. That is amazing. I'm glad they're going to be able to keep contact. And I would have been much like you and Mr. Nathaniel had I ended up buying one because, well, I just end up losing everything. But thankfully, my parents said, if you want it, you have to buy it. And I laughed at the price. So thankfully, I just never got mine. Yeah, it was one of those things in the early 70s, everybody had one. So yeah, I figured, oh, what the heck. And it wasn't that huge of a uh, of an expense for me, I think. Uh, I don't remember now. Uh, like I tell people, my short-term memory is getting shorter and shorter <laughs> every day. No, I think uh, mine was like $300 or something. And in just high school, it just seemed absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure. But I, I, I think my memory is that I was probably taking garbage out to to this uh, one, <laughs> almost a landfill. I mean, we had this, we, we didn't have um, garbage trucks coming to pick up our garbage. We had to dispose of them uh, out in the brush someplace. And I think one day and taking out the garbage, I may have lost it there. So, uh, uh, Hey, maybe you'll get a phone call. There's still hope now that we have this story that someone could be returning it. Yeah, there always, I guess there is always hope, but it's been 72, um, it's been a while. <laughs> hey, I, we're closing in on that 53-year mark, so you know we'll hold out for a little bit more. Just never know. <laughs> you just never know. know. All righty. Well, thank you so much, Bob. I hope you have a lovely day and enjoy your weekend. All right. You too, Cash. Thank you very much. Was that what I mean? That was a great interview, and I, uh, you know, I had followed along. I believe the article there was an article about that in the DeSoto County News about the uh, the missing ring. What is just a fantastic story. Uh, saw that, and, and and again, I appreciate that Bob coming on with y'all, and I would think that's a wonderful segment that y'all have with him being able to do that. So, really do appreciate Bob sharing that with uh, with you on the OB Pod. Absolutely. Well, Derek, I want to say uh, thank you to you for joining us for OB Pod. I know we're kind of wrapping up the show now, and uh, you know it means a lot that we're able to have a connection with a local, another local podcaster and uh, be able to you know cross promote and benefit each other and our communities. And uh, so again, Cash and I really say thank you. Cash told me to tell you a special thanks for filling in for him. It really means a lot to us. Well, I appreciate that. And again, I'm not near as good looking as Cash is, uh, but luckily for a podcast, you don't have to have a good looking face. Um, so, uh, but I do really do appreciate you allowing me to come on. I, I, I love doing it. I love sitting down with you. I love looking at, you know, different parts of the county that I don't always all get to see. 
Uh, but great, you know, I think y'all did a great job here. Again, love, love, love the Google Docs. Uh, I will keep trying to push this on, on my on Matt to do for <laughs> hours. But uh, I do hope that uh, everybody listening, you know, again, this is uh, not easy. There's a lot of time that they put into this. Uh, I really do appreciate. I hope that y'all appreciate what uh, Zach and Cash can offer it. And if you're ever in Hernando and want to know anything about Hernando, please tune into our podcast, the UTW podcast. Uh, if you find the logo, it's a water tower on it. It says UTW. If you're on the Apple or, or Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. So please go on there uh, and, and just give us a listen. Uh, again, you may be from Olive Branch. You may not care about Hernando, but if there's something you want to listen to, I do want to plug one thing, uh, Zach. It's not, not for us personally, uh, but I do want to plug, if you did miss the Olive Branch Christmas Parade this past Saturday because you're listening to this on Monday, uh, the Hernando Christmas Parade is tonight. Uh, it'll be Monday, December 6th at uh, 6.30 p.m. So if you happen to miss the one in Isle Branch because you're out of town, uh, because maybe you ran the St. Jude <laughs> Marathon and you're like, hey, there's no way uh, I could, or you're preparing for it or whatever, there's no way I can get there, uh, or you ran it and you're like, there's no way I can get there now, I can't even walk. Um, <laughs> please come to Hernando, 6.30 tonight. Uh, watch a wonderful Christmas parade. It should be good weather. Uh, Santa Claus will be there at the end. And so just come on down. It just goes right down Commerce Street. You cannot miss it if you're in town. So uh, I do want to kind of push again. You know, we're all one big city and coming to Hernando to share that but uh, again Zach really enjoyed being on here today and thank you for having me absolutely well guys again we hope you enjoyed the show make sure you give us a five-star review if you're listening to us on iTunes or give us a positive comment even on social media as always but until next week I'm Zach and I'm Derek sitting in for cash <laughs> we'll see y'all then.